Hey, everybody. Yeah. It, it didn't break that time. Woo. We are the Top Chef Podcast from the creators of Read and Weep, and we are an hour and a half into this recording already when you're hearing <laughs> it. Um, I'm Alex. I'm hanging out today in our Northern California studios with Ez and Sarah. Hey, guys. Woo-hoo. Hello. Look at your faces. Yeah, look at your face. Look at all facey. It's nice to see the bottom half of your face in person. <laughs> it's so, yeah, look at all of it. This is always your chin, yeah? This is how it's been. Okay, Both interesting. Of them. Yep, they've both been here the whole time. Um, holding down the fort back home in Los Angeles is Megan. Hey, Megan. Hello. I miss you. Also, miss uh, you Chris and Tanya have the week off this week, but in joining us in Los Angeles also this week, it's new Sarah and Kyle rounding off the panel. Hey, guys. Hi. We fought our way from the afterlife. <laughs> Excellently done. I think we, you might have. We, we did not rest in peace. We were constantly in turmoil, and they kicked us out because we made too much noise. <laughs> I don't know if that was worth it for this podcast, but I'm glad that you're back from hell now. Well, hell, excuse uh, me. Limbo. <laughs> I, yeah, you kept, I mean, you kept saying Kyle is no longer with us last week. Oh, like, that's true. I did say that. I goodness forgot about gracious. That. <laughs> also that he was hanging out with my mom, and I will have you know all of us were hanging out with both of my parents. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I guess that did sound too specific. Yeah. It is interesting how withholding part of that information made it sound so much worse. It's yeah. it's like one of those things where it's like if you're wearing a belt that's like open, like it's worse than wearing no belt at all. Yeah, that's, you're right. That's, that's way worse. I hadn't yeah. thought of that. Um, today we're talking about season 18, episode 10 of Top Chef. Uh, Ezra, before we start, my intro discussion for you is what are your ways to ruin people's experience of eating a Chipotle? Do you have any Chipotle hacks where you're like, look, if you ask for a medium soda, but guacamole flavored, you get just 25 ounces of guacamole. Do you have a hack? So I don't like that you thought that I would have this, but I do have this also. <laughs> what do you do in Chipotle? So I don't remember exactly how this goes, but it's it's about... So I think you can ask for um, both kinds of beans and okay. those are free. Um. <laughs> And I think there's like a thing where it's like, um, you know, see, here's, here's what you can do. You like basically you ask for, you ask for, I think like pinto beans. And then when they're serving these and you're like, then you can, can I also have black beans. Right. So and, you, if you ask for both beans, they'll do two half scoops. Yeah, but, but if, if you, you wait till they're already a scoop in, yeah. they mm, can't take them back. That's <laughs> tricky. And then, and then there's also on the meat, you have to say, I would like half this meat and half this meat because their half scoops for meat, I think are a little bit more than just a half. So you actually do more as a result. <laughs> I don't like that you assume this, <laughs> but there are your tips. Do you ever max out a tortilla? I, I so I actually don't go to Chipotle. I remember this from like when I was uh, in grad school and and we needed uh, I think like all the sustenance we could get from right. every meal. Okay. Um, but so so I think yeah, it was like tortillas were not meant to handle an Ezra sized order. I think <laughs> no. Uh, even though it was technically there's nothing illegal about it. <laughs> Wait, so Alex, w- define what you mean by. The phrase "max out a tortilla." <laughs> <laughs> like, if do you they have are, special tortillas that so, they take as legal tender instead of credit cards. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean like if you do put too much stuff in your chipotle burger, they're gonna have to give you another tortilla I, to hold it all I together, think, yeah, and then so, they'll charge you for that. No, well, so I think that yeah, they maybe have a a second binding tortilla that they had to do in mm-hmm. order to actually like do it, where it's like you kind of like overlap to is like kind of a figure eight kind of situation, yeah. and then you kind of start filling up from there. Uh, uh, yes, a, a tortilla aurora burros. Yes, <laughs> the infinite tortilla, tortilla. burros. Yeah, <laughs> the uh, the I love that your scam is like, did you know you can get one tenth of a penny worth of extra black beans? 
Do you know how much black beans cost? They're basically free. If you go to a grocery store and you find black beans on the shelf and you're like, can I have these? They're like, yeah, who cares? I mean, if you, but if you ask for, can I have these two dented cans, then you get both of those for free. That's better. <laughs> um, so does anybody else have any Chipotle hacks you want to tell us about? No. I, um, I go in and order the food. Yeah. yeah, okay, great. I do like that they give you guacamole for free if you get a vegetarian they do, it's but really nice. which relevant to today? They since they introduced sofritas, if you get the tofu, they count that as meat, and mm. you don't get free guac. So yeah, well, so if you want to say then like, hey, I'm going to have no meat in this one, and then, okay, do I get free guac? There, yes, also great. Now can, say, now can I have sofritas? Yeah, you know. <laughs> no, the, now it just feels like you're trying to trick someone into losing their job. They don't look. Here's the thing. <laughs> like, At the end of the day, they have to make sure the register of beans matches. They have beans are free from the store. You well, already established true. I did this. say that. So yeah, I, I think it's just they've been cursed to have ever supply, ever ever refilling the supply of all these things. And you're doing them a favor by taking them away. I should just say, I don't know how you guys manage this because the amount of activity in your house is like there's a like my brain is maxed out like it's got tortilla borealis around it already <laughs> no that's right that's you just you become numb to it but and did then, you notice how it only started as soon as we fixed the it's tech true. problems when and we started recording? during tech problems they were very engrossed they with can, their movie smell the lack of problems and they're like i need to get in here <laughs> stir it up where's my pot yeah two, <laughs> two half scoops of problems are more than one whole scoop <laughs> they really are um all right so on the episode today Let's get started talking about what happened here. You've heard enough about Chipotle. Let's talk about Chipotle. When we think of Portland, we think of a few things. But up there in the top five is Denver-based chain of imitation Mexican food, Chipotle, and their menu of burritos, tiny open burritos, and burritos with plastic instead of tortillas. The chefs must make dishes using their 53 ingredients that Chipotle claims um, they use prepare every morning using their chain mail gloves based on the... Kind of like an order that you get from each of the judges. So Gail wants smoky and charred from Gabe and Jamie. Padma wants spicy and tart from Maria and Shoda. And Tom wants tangy and crunchy from Byron and Dawn. And because Blaze abused the privilege last time he got to place an order, <laughs> he just gets to taste them however they are. He has okay. no say in it. I should have been more forgiving for him because that was definitely Ezra's style order. Yeah, yeah. Ezra, he ordered breakfast the way you order Chipotle burritos, mm-hmm. it sounds like. Um, Gabe is totally in his comfort zone and makes pork in a tasty green sauce, whereas Jamie, who is not at all in her comfort zone, makes an identical-looking but apparently different tasty pork in green sauce. Maria proves that the comfort zones are overrated, as uh, her black bean taco is edged out by Shoda coming out of Noah uh, to make his first-ever dish featuring spices. And Dawn's (laughs) pork and Funyuns long jumps over Byron, serving him his first of six losses for the day. <laughs> taking home quick fire gold it is a long day for byron today oh it's just oh, yeah. starting <laughs> it wasn't a good day for don either though um she had more wins than byron yeah but at least she got loss. ten thousand dollars yeah she she got ten thousand dollars she got more wins and she still has nine full fingers so <laughs> she's doing I'm great say right now I, this is skipping ahead a lot like we can definitely discuss her getting injured as pertains to performance or not but i have to say the full body like 
shivers that I get whenever I think about that. I'm, oh, I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna pull the I'm in a delicate condition card and say I don't want to talk about that. Okay, we will minimize the talk of blood oh, later I, because I'll talk a lot about it. Like that's one. No. That's the biggest. That's well, <laughs> we just have one rule. If Kyle. You, <laughs> no, if you but, subscribe to Pack Your Mics Plus, we have a bonus segment where Kyle talks about blood. It's the only thing that I will ever think about with this episode. That was a good episode, but because they put in the trailer last week that Dawn's gonna slice her hand open on a mandolin all we were doing for 45 minutes is waiting for dawn to cut her cut herself in the most like (laughs) visceral and empathetically like painful way possible like that's the feeling you get when i understand that everyone is so attached to this but let's focus on the quick fire and not talk about this yet the sarah's are losing their yeah Yeah. megan is also around just yeah yeah, all around the country just sarah's just collapsing us, you gotta be careful. Yeah, for real. Well, so let's talk about the Spawn Con first of all, because I thought my gut was that this is like one of the finest pieces of Spawn Con on this show. Because not only uh, was it like uh, not a terrible challenge, they were cooking with like actually normal food, but it was also like solid Chipotle propaganda. Like, hey, we use food. Here's food. Remember food. I do <sighs> think that's good. I think it is sad whenever they have to remind people that they use food. <laughs> Right. So, okay. So we're assuming a sad starting point, but given that. Yeah. No, I think they, they do a good, good job. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I don't I, think this is the best spawn. Like it's hitting one point of the spawn that they use real food, but like nothing that came out of, from these chefs resembled anything you would get from a Chipotle. Mm-hmm. Like that's true. The, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it we we stopped not, thinking about Chipotle after the introduction. Yes. And like, I don't know if there was any additional tie of like, does Tom go to a Chipotle and not select individual dishes? They just say, give me something tangy and crunchy from your line. <laughs> Honestly, more annoying than the way Ezra orders. <laughs> give me the 53 ingredients that you make real every day, and I'll, I'll just prepare it myself at home. It's fine. <laughs> he, <laughs> I, I would like, actually, I would have enjoyed the challenge if they had to cook wearing those chainmail gloves that they use with plastic gloves over them. That looks like a difficult task. I want them to challenge each other to a duel. You know, just, just oh, the, with the gloves, yeah, where you pull it off. Yeah, and just slap. You can't do it with chainmail. That would crush the person's face. <laughs> you have a chainmail mask, also. <laughs> I planned. Um, also, so uh, what do you guys think about the fifty-three ingredient challenge? Besides the fact that it didn't look like Chipotle food, did it? Seem- I liked it. I missed the part where they said Chipotle, and I just found out now it was a Chipotle challenge. <laughs> and you know what? I was like, oh, cool, fifty-three random ingredients. I'm delighted. <laughs> Yeah. Was it like a, a Fifty Shades of Grey sequel where it's like now it's 53 Shades yeah. of Beans? Mm-hmm. Beans are everywhere. <laughs> 53 Favors of Food. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I guess I, w- I would have, I mean, I'm sure I can Google their list of 53 things, but it sure looked like it was like eight. Quick, guys, name all those ingredients. Well, I can't tell you one of them was bay leaves, which did yeah, feel like a cheat. The, that oh. was the first one that you I don't have to do a lot I to make that. remembered too. Stood you, out. I assume that's in. Like, I'm sure it's there's spice the blends and then it's there's in the, the rice because it like every once in a while one will make it into the rice and someone will like go semi-viral online for being like, look at this random leaf from outside someone put in my Chipotle order. <laughs> someone else will be like, um, excuse me, that's a bay leaf that's and it bay- just evolves. Yeah, we like those. They're loud. <laughs> I, I don't know if I like bay leaves. What does a bay leaf taste like? Uh, you just, you okay. know, it's you don't taste it. Do I? Yeah. You'd be like, mm. I feel like a bay leaf is just a check. It's just a test to see if you checked your soup after you cooked it. 
You I, put it in. It's like it's like. Um, but like, don't you feel fancy? I feel so fancy if I have little things I have to fish out, like your little like satchel of herbs and stuff. You're like, well, oh, sure. I, if I was I'm making a, a whole satchel, that would feel. Do fancy. like a hobo yeah. satchel of herbs. <laughs> You, you, you've just got your herbs in a bindle over your shoulder. Yeah, exactly. I put it in and I ride the rails, you know. <laughs> um, the flavor will last you all the way to St. Louis. <laughs> also, was this the first time we've ever seen peop- judges draw knives? Maybe. I think Gail so. Gail was so excited. Was so excited. Yeah. It was really cute. It felt momentous. And I feel as, one of, as the show that is, I think, the main reason the knife block is still being used, I believe that's to our credit because we told the producers when they were getting rid of it that we wanted it to stay as you may recall you remember this did they respond to yeah, us no, telling them that? when we had when we had um nan curtis and another oh. one of the producers on a, a f- several years ago there was the first year where they were backing off knife block and we were furious on the show and so when we had nan curtis on we asked her like why are you getting rid of a knife block hashtag more knife block and she was like oh we're just trying to mix it up but i didn't realize people liked it so much and then they started using it all the time again. So I think we actually do get that one. Because like for every one podcast that tells you about it, there's like 100 other podcasts that are not telling you about it. So. <laughs> right now there are, actually, <laughs> probably. But we might be the only one who cares about Knife Block. But as as the, the forefront podcast in favor of more Knife Block, this is the ultimate form of Knife Block. I guess the ultimate form would be the knife choosing you. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> Gail, Russia. Gail Knife Block. That was so amazing. All right, that was the end of that one. <laughs> you got it. You it was a big moment for Nightblock. I think it's it's a moment where Nightblock has finally been validated by interacting with the the core judges. Yeah, it's a lifetime achievement award. It's like yeah. in like in the office when like when Pam talks to like the the documentarians. Um, it's like it's like that. It's a it's a final it's a final like storylines complete. Yeah. I, I think, I'm almost worried that knife block is going to be set on fire at the end of this season. <laughs> this uh, is, th- I mean, if this in other shows, this would mean knife blocks probably going to die in a tragic right. way. Oh no. Knife block calls home. Knife block like, tells his <laughs> sweethearts like one day from retirement. <laughs> knife block gets a call from knife blocks, little sapling kids. <laughs> yeah. Knife blocks. Parents are like two trees still. Uh, oh, just old Oaks. Interesting. I would assume oh, wow. not like the giving tree stump. Oh yeah, I guess that's sadder. I was thinking just like little butter knives or something. Wait, oh, how like would really, that work? Really cute butter knives from the Midwest. Yeah, were those the kids or the parents? The kids. They're calling their kids. And the kids are knives. This is the block. Wait, are the block and the knives one creature? Yes, they're part of the same family. <laughs> they live together. You think the knives are the parents though, not the block? And you think the block is their house? Oh yeah, I think I think okay. it is more like that. Okay. We were thinking about the. I think I was thinking the block was the creature, and the knives was just like these are my knives. I think I was thinking that the whole thing, knife block with knives, is is actually that's the persona. Right so they there. call they butter call the knives in a drawer. Knives. Yeah. Cool. Does anybody else have any theories? <laughs> I think we might have exhausted this topic. It's look. Butter knives are really cute. I like it. It does yeah. sound cute, um, for sure. I, I guess my last question is from all of this food that was served, you mentioned that somebody mentioned it was not at all related to the Chipotle menu. Um, did they do something particularly innovative with the Chipotle items? Should Chipotle have pork loin and spicy avocado puree? I think that Chipotle should innovate its sauce game. I don't think they've had a new salsa mm. in years. So I think they could definitely do like more chef forward salsas and sauces. To add to yeah. the burritos. I, I think that's the big thing that they could take away from this. That's solid. Because all three of the winning dishes were pork loin in green salsa. All three of them are pork loins in green sauces. So that clearly is the 
thing that brings you to the top with Chipotle ingredients. That's a great place to experiment also for them because it's like it's not going to, you know, it's not going to wreck it. You just like everyone likes to try a new sauce, even if it's not good. It's like, OK, I tried a little bit yeah. and uh, yeah. moving on to the next doesn't doesn't really ruin it for me. My main criticism of Chipotle sauces is that the spiciest one is still real mild. They're too cowardly. So I would recommend I would I would ask politely in the you sauce that you make it spicier. You think they're like red, oh, like yeah. f- very pureed sauce is still oh, mild. Yeah. It's so mild. I still really? you still need. Yeah, I need so much hot sauce to make that burrito work. Okay. Wow. Spoken like someone who's never had heartburn. <laughs> I, I guess I'm just lucky that way. Um, I've had all the other burns, though, I think. <laughs> Ru- like, oh, no, that's road Your rash. Skin? Rug, rug burn, rug. normal, like sunburn, uh, Ken burns. I've watched a lot of that. <laughs> I think I've had all of them. Um, all right. Look, we look. I know this seems like it'd be fun to talk about salsa forever, but this is the world's longest episode of Top Chef. So let's get moving. Um, all right. So moving on to the elimination challenge today, the tournament of tofu. The only thing harder for Padma to say with a straight face than that she likes Chipotle is her claiming that tofu is an incredible and versatile ingredient. But the chefs politely nod along with her and then go on a tour of the oldest tofu factory in the United States, a tiny closet in portland that looks like it can produce upwards of 10 blocks of tofu per week <laughs> they were like going on a factory tour it was like this is your factory is just that guy is it was a room with it was a, a room with a guy and a couple of different pans <laughs> it was so this is the ota tofu factory um is a must be hard to get on the list of distributors for them because they do not seem like they produce that much tofu it's pretty cool um, though it was cool. It was cool. Um, I especially like that there was a trick ingredient where they're like, and then we take this stuff out, and if you want to ruin your tamale, you can use it, but it's not good. That's why we take it out of the tofu. And then Maria was like, I have an idea. Um, did they say and, they take it out and just throw it away? Or like, I they wonder. They did not if say what happens with it. And I meant to Google what do people do with this, and I didn't get around to it. Does anybody know? With I the bean carcasses? Said, oh. I thought they said something like people sometimes bake with it or something. Oh, yeah. They did say sometimes bake with it. Yeah. I'm not sure in what context. Like, it's like flour, basically? I don't yeah, know. Ca- it looked like meal, you know? Yeah. Anyway, if you need bean bones, the the soybean carcass, you can get that for free probably as well. That's even cheaper than regular beans. Can I give a, a tofu shout out? Yes. Because uh, uh, my friend actually works at a uh, a tofu company. Uh, uh, it's a uh, Hodo uh, tofu. It's like super good. It's in the it's in the Bay Area. How do you spell Hodo? Hodo. Uh, I think H O. It's like Hodor without the without the R. H O D O. And uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's 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 really good tofu. I I, I talked to the, the founder at one point. He was basically saying that like the reason most people hate tofu is because like um they use really cheap uh soy milk to make it. Um mm. and it's like more more watery and so there's just not a lot of uh good. I know, I guess soy parts. I'm not really sure. Yeah, but uh, those good soy parts. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm sure you said it in a way where it made sense. Uh, but yeah, no, it, it was much better tofu than I expected. And and uh, yeah, Megan and I were trying to figure out because we've never been to OTA tofu, but I don't think there's anything. I don't think there's any front facing part of that business. I think they're just we've we've definitely eaten their tofu at restaurants that like list their ingredients and they say load this local tofu would it even be like branded and sold at a store yeah so we found megan right you yeah. found some places they distribute oh yeah yeah you can get it at grocery stores um not normal in, grocery stores at well, exclusive grocery stores yeah like new seasons which is a more expensive um grocery store in portland uh you can get it and, new uh, seasons is for the people who think whole foods is too cheap 
Yeah, it's it's more expensive than Whole Foods, but it's very very fun to walk around in there. Maybe just a few things. <laughs> they put that money into making sure that if you touch anything, it's immediately replaced. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, so and you can, I think, buy it buy tofu at the um, at Oda as well. Um, oh, interesting. We just never did. Yeah. In all our years there, we never I'll did. Have to go back sometime. Yeah. yeah, get some tofu. I like that they sell fried tofu, like pre-fried fried tofu. They don't make you that fr- fry it so on your own. Good. It yeah, looks so crazy really, good. I really, really wanted to eat that. Yeah, yeah, that was the best part. I'm so excited about this whole, all the cooking today. It's very exciting, and that kicks off the tournament of tofu, the most complicated challenge in Top Chef history. First, there's another series of head-to-head challenges with each chef drawing knives for the firmness of their tofu. Shoda and Maria rematch on Shoda's turf with uh, the somewhat kind of firm tofu. And due to the most obvious oversight in Top Chef Challenge planning history, the even number of judges breaks down five to five. (laughs) Could never have seen that coming. Mm -hmm. Um, So they retreat into the dojo, and after a brief but vigorous round of tickle fighting, Shota is declared the winner. And once again, next up, Gabe and Don face off in the battle, pretty much firm. The entirely predictable thing (laughs) happens yet again. There's a five to five tie. This time the judges leg wrestle for it, and Gabe is declared the winner once again. Byron and Jamie finish off the first round of the competition with their hella firm tofu, um, which is tofu with a sleep number of 94 or above. Fun fact. Um, Instead of a tie, Jamie gathers up all of the judges' paddles and delivers a firm spanking to Byron, his second of six losses for the day. (sighs) Next round. Okay, so next up, the loser's bracket face off with fried pre-fried tofu, which they can then further fry in some cases. Dawn makes a blood sacrifice to the god of pickles and is eliminated from the round. And Maria delivers Byron his third of six losses for the day. And and finally, the two uh, people who did not win in that round, Byron and Dawn, make identical desserts with soft tofu. But Dawn uses the loss of her finger as motivation to make hers slightly maybe better if you listen to the post-recorded audio from Tom saying why he liked it more. Delivering Byron his fourth of six losses for the day, and he is eliminated. Did anyone have a strategy about how they would have approached this challenge? Because I definitely did. No, that's not how I watch the show. I'm like, ooh, I eat that. What did you do? Um, just don't bother making anything for the first dish. Mm. And or the second Wait, one. Wait. <laughs> put all your eggs in dessert basket and hope that they didn't plan well enough ahead? Yeah. Because like oh, that is a high stakes. No, I think it may because look, it's fifty percent chance still of, of winning, which is pretty good. I, I think clearly that don't bother with the second round either way because you only have one out of three of getting out of there. Interesting. Mm. So I, I think, think you just go. Go ahead. Yeah, so if you can I, I win compl- the first. Yeah, I disagree because like from watching lots of MTV's the challenge, <laughs> challenge the best way to survive in advance is to not be in an elimination rounds. If you're in yeah. an elimination round, that means you're at risk. So, like, yeah. you want to do everything you can to stay out of it. So you had two chances to not be in that round, and you're saying throw those away and just just play when the when the knives yeah. are no, out. No, it's like it's like Casey at the bat. You just let the first two <laughs> pitches go by. Yeah, those aren't for me. If I remember that poem, it went great for Casey. <laughs> it did. <laughs> Mine. I, I mean, I stopped for the last page, but I'm assuming he had a home run. <laughs> he had. He was Casey. Yeah, uh, it's weird. That poem is really about great pitching, and you never hear about that. That's great. Well, was it really though? It was about overconfidence, I guess. Well, he he didn't swing the first two, but that third one was a strike. 
You know, that was a pitcher through mighty Casey three strikes in a row. That's okay. incredible. OK, but what I was going to say, though, is, look, here's the thing. If you're going against like, you know, someone who you think is going to try their hardest, just avoid it and, and really spend extra time on that third dish. Look, I, it's Everyone not that I don't love your order both beans <laughs> strategy of winning this challenge, but that does that seems high risk. Uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta break some tofu if you want to make some tofu scrambles. <laughs> um, let's jump in. Wait, do we do, we did do the last round. Oh, we got all the long rounds. Okay. Um, so we got, this is fun because we've got a large number of vegetarians on the show. So we have a lot of tofu experience. However, very few of these dishes seem like they were actually vegetarian. So it was like, it seems like everyone loves tofu as long as you cook it in meat. Mm-hmm. Is that what we learned today? Or give it flavor. Like, I think... Like some had meat in it, but I, I do think like shodas seem to be vegetarian. Uh, I feel like a lot of them were in the broths and sauces yeah. were still meaty. Um, mm. I could be wrong. Um, Shoda did the thing where he was like tofu five ways and they couldn't tell. So that might have been a sign. It seemed like tofu one ways was definitely the way to go where you focus mm-hmm. on putting flavor into one of them because the other things are like not super noticeable. I was hoping that his like. Um, crumbles or his Yuba or whatever would be like super noticeable, but they were not. I like Yuba for the record. What, remind me what Yuba is. It's like kind of like strips. Like it's like it's like sort of oh. like the kind of it's like tofu skin kind of. Oh, it's the skin one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That can, like, sounds great. Make, like noodles basically out of it. Uh, want to? I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, how do people generally feel about tofu? Is the world like coming it. around? Yeah, I'm a fan. Yeah. I, I am have never been like a big tofu person. Like I am I I think I'd like it. And especially watching this episode, like it made me want to eat all these dishes. Like I was excited to try like pretty much everything in this challenge, but I'd never order tofu at a restaurant because I'm always afraid of what it's gonna feel like. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what part? Like you're gonna get bullied? No, it's like it, it looks like it has a texture where I'm going to like chew into it. And then my ma- it, it's like that thing where you bite into something and then like it just sits in your mouth and you want to like spit it out immediately. But it's like dissolved. So it's everywhere. Oh, wow. <laughs> like I always, sure. I have a fear Kyle, that I'm going to so specific and I, I don't have, have this fear. I have a fear that I'm, I will bite into tofu and whatever flavor it is, I won't be able to get it out of my mouth. I think it's mayonnaise. I think I sort of it's the thing oh, of like, oh, this is like uh, a block of firm mayonnaise. And it's I already- think it's all like aesthetics. Uh, mm-hmm. I what, what about the other mediators? I like fried tofu mm-hmm. and I'll eat any other tofu, but. It doesn't really do it for me, but fried tofu for some reason, I think it actually is texture. It's a yeah, a yeah. fried tofu, especially I like a fried tofu where the inside is not as firm and chewy, where you have a distinction between the two textures is really lovely. Yeah, so you bite into it and you're like, it's, oh, there's like silky. a different center yeah. in there. And then for some reason, for me, the flavor of the of the hot oil, maybe I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oil and salt yeah. is delicious. I mean, I mean, there'd be like situations where it's like this is tofu is like one of many things that you have in it, where it's like uh, like pad thai, where it's like you got yeah you got uh, shrimp and then you got chicken, and you got egg, and there's also the tofu bits, and that's that's certainly a good time. I, fried tofu in Thai food is probably my favorite application. Yeah, of I, to- think, tofu. I think tofu. Thai food, it's delicious. Yeah, big fan. We. I it, um, I, it was interesting ahead. that they were. Um, I think some of the judges were saying that they didn't like extra firm tofu. Yeah. Um, because that's I always thought you wanted it as firm as possible. All we buy. Um, yeah. It's the easiest to to fry and to have the texture be be good. Um, at least maybe we should in, be buying more experience. medium tofu. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I you want to branch a, out a little bit more. I wonder if that's a question of like how it absorbs flavor. Like if it's mm-hmm. firmer tofu right. that doesn't like 
make it as, I don't know if you want porous tofu or like, I, I assume that if it's firm, it's going to be harder to get like marinades or any other flavor into yeah. it. A lot of vegetarian cookbooks, the first thing you, you buy extra firm tofu and the first thing you do is you like squish it to get even more water out of it, which makes it even firmer. Um, but, but also clears the way for whatever flavor you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's basically a sponge and could suck in more, but maybe it doesn't. I don't know. There's interesting. I'm trying to remember back to my, my tofu tour and, uh, um, yeah, the Hodo people said like, you know, people think that like tofu is just a sponge for other flavors. That's because like bad tofu doesn't really have that much of a good flavor, but like higher quality tofu actually does taste like something as well. Um, and, and it's not just like a, a vehicle for other things. It's like this, there's, it's a vehicle for good tofu flavor. This sounds like the most defensive factory tour you've ever been on. <laughs> they really, they really shook me around. No, <laughs> no, but it's just like they they spent most of their time saying something like that starts with. Um, now I know what you think. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of an interesting thing when you are part of a, um, uh, yeah, like kind of part of a, I guess, an industry that is is somewhat maligned. Maligned, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this, yeah. Is, how, this is how the tobacco people feel, also, I guess, where it's like, you know, I know what you're saying. <laughs> But yeah, <laughs> that's a great comparison. One that I'm sure your friends will appreciate. Um, I I mean, even knowing there's some meat broths floating around in here, this was like one of the most delicious looking challenge, insane challenge. The whole thing was so weird, but man, this food looked good. I especially liked um, the idea of Jamie's um, uh, egg thing, egg roll thing, not egg roll, egg that you then roll up. What am I trying to say? You know, Omelette? there are a lot of tofu dishes. I didn't follow all of them. <laughs> Pancake. Um, <laughs> pancake. Well, oh, oh, yeah. The, 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 yeah crepe. The, yeah. Thank crepe. you. So, uh, yeah. The, that's like the, the sizzling, I had to find uh, it on my own. Uh, yeah. The, the crispy, like, uh, yeah. Vietnamese uh, crepe. I, okay. So, let's, so let's talk a little bit more about this tournament format because the way it was set up is so, first they bring in additional all star judge, Ed Green, right? Lee. Ed, Ed Lee. Ed Lee. And Ed Lee, like, wait, why are we at episode 10 like, boy, I wish we could bring in one more celebrity judge. To, and this to was also even number. first episode, right? In, in oh, Last yeah. Chance Kitchen. I don't think we've seen her before. I think you're right. Why did we add, why do we add a new judge just to get to a number that doesn't divide well? Like, that doesn't work for judging. Why, and why were there 10 judges? It's kind of fun. I mean, there should have been 11 and then there would have been fewer ties, but it's <laughs> so easy. No, I mean, I like a big table. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's like, how did they not think about having an odd number of judges? Or could we have just like merged two in like, like sort of like a, a fly type experiment? Uh, no, no, I like them. I don't think that would be good. You, for could, their restaurant. you could say that, like, you could pick two people. And you're like, all right, um, like Blaze, you've had some issues. You and Tom get one vote. No, no, I don't want that. I want, all right, Blaze, Tom, we have an extra, extra large t-shirt that you now have to both fit into. <laughs> no, they can wear the same shirt and then have one Together. vote. Yeah, that's fine. You yeah. can put them in one giant shirt. That's okay. fine with me. Yeah, okay, great. I don't want to do any surgery. No, no, I'm not saying that. Oh, okay, that would be ridiculous. The machine does the surgery. <laughs> um, I, it's so crazy they had had an even number of people. I don't understand. Did Did anyone else wonder if when they went like, you know, five feet away to discuss their ties if the chefs could hear them? That's a great question. Because they were right there. Yeah, and it was not like there, that dojo had pretty thin walls. Yeah. No, but there was also just big, it was and just open, like panels. Yeah, yeah. And they were standing right behind them. I don't know. I would love I to hear they what were they were saying. far s- enough away and it was outside, so that probably helped. That but yeah, that's a yeah, good question. Yeah, there's that waterfall. I but I, I would have liked to, they don't show us 
how the decision was actually made. They showed people standing up for the side they were on, and then they just come out and magically was decided. Did a producer decide? Did they get? Did someone get overruled? Or it was it like, like whatever team Tom was on? Uh, one, I think that was at least true for the first two ties. So, oh, interesting. I was going through. I was trying to notice this, and I somehow missed Tom on my list. How did I? Oh, that's good. Okay, that was Tom. That's why. Um, yeah, I did you, notice. You didn't so, see his statement hat. <laughs> I did. We're gonna come back to the dress. No, I. So I was checking to see because there's two teams. That, so Gregory Kish and Kwame were both on the team that conceded both times. All three of them conceded twice. So I wondered if there was like, are they just the nicer people where they were less vociferous about their defense, more interested in going along, or was there some sort of like system for how you could? Well, I I would assume based a little bit around like how they were advocating for the dishes that they come to it more from a, like, I believe it's like a left left brain is creative brain, right? It's like the sort of like the spirit and the ambition and what it was trying to do. And like in succeeding at doing something different. Right. There was some like, which is more tofu tofu or whatever. Yeah, what was like how it was true to the ingredients and like the concept where Tom seemed to be advocating more for like the fundamentals of like how it was cooked and the technique and sort of like looking to it more from the like creative side, the the amorphous like hard to define side versus the like rules. Is this a better tofu dish in terms of execution and what we expect? Yeah, I, I mean that would make sense for the way you could actually can if if this is like a like a Dutch polder model where you have to just make your case and then until someone believes you and then switches sides. I don't maybe maybe that's what it was. Those are good arguments. If it's like, look, they're both delicious and you like this one a little better, but let's talk about tofu, just tofu mm-hmm. or whatever. That seems fine. But I would like to see it. Show me who wins. Did someone like filibuster? I guess maybe. <laughs> also, uh, apparently, I just looked this up. Right brain is the creative side, uh, and left side is the galaxy brain. <laughs> a lot of these pictures are confusing <laughs> I like this one they're like two brains cuddling they're so cute it's a happy looking brain yeah happy brains um, yeah that was I, that was the only thing actually the other thing I didn't like about this was how much wasted prep there was because everyone had to prep their other three dishes even if they didn't have to cook it that's not, annoying not in my model <laughs> Saves you food. put your whole budget into that third one Oh man, you come out with a five hundred dollar dessert because you didn't put any money in the no, first edition. No, it's a two hundred fifty dollar dessert and two hundred fifty dollars of Whole Foods gift cards for me that I've been stockpiling. Like oh, I no, said, you would have gotten a hat. You would have gotten a <laughs> nice and a hat, hat, hat and a, a jaunty hat, hat. Yeah. <laughs> slouchy hat. Um, yeah. Uh, I guess another thing to notice. Um, I was wondering the whole time: could Maria overcome like one of the doomiest doom edits I've ever seen Oof. in an episode? And the answer is yes. Yeah, Besides good, calling I, her family, boy, she sure got a lot of bad looking edits. I th- I was very nervous about Jamie because she had she was like so low energy. Where like from the very beginning, it was like I think Jamie's going to be eliminated because she seems mad, sad, and isn't doing sound effects. Hardly a whoop whoop <laughs> to be to be heard. At the end of Last Chance Kitchen, we got uh, we made up for that with the all of so the sound much. effects. A full <laughs> the full Michael Winslow car alarm yeah. Uh, going off. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, all right, let's talk briefly. Sarah's earmuffs, please. Let's talk briefly about the uh, mandolin incident. I, first of all, anytime there's a mandolin, I assume this is happening. So at least there was something it's satisfying Chekhov's about it. Chekhov's mandolin. Yeah, 
Mailings are so dangerous. Why does this happen? Why are people still using this device? It just seems like it's got a 100% injury rate. The slices are so thin. <laughs> of your finger. Well, before you get to the finger, there's very and, thin and here's the slices. You were making fun of the chain metal gloves. Would have been pretty helpful. Oh, you're right. Mm-hmm. Chipotle should have sent over some of their gloves for this mandolin business. I have no idea what you guys are talking about with these gloves. Oh, you've never seen this? Okay, so every once no. in a while, if you're, I'm so glad you, you gave me more time to talk about this. If you're at Chipotle and they need to cut more meat at some point, one of the teenagers goes around the back, puts on a metal chainmail glove, and then puts over it a plastic glove so that it's like hygienic but can't be cut. And then they hold that with their left hand and then use the knife with the right hand. So they, they clearly, Ooh. Chipotle does not want these teenagers to cut off their fingers. Well, especially because they're doing everything in front of the, you know, people ordering. Yeah, um, exactly. You'd be doing it in public. It's an open kitchen. That's what I love about Chipotle. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I've never noticed that. I. Hmm. It's so funny. It looks so heavy and and awkward. Ezra just found one on on uh, on Amazon for seventeen dollars. So if you want your own, and they're like holding the blade of the knife, like showing off, apparently. So hmm. if you want to have a very firm grip on your blade. Yeah. The wrong side of your blade. <laughs> Go and get this cut resistance. Sh- shake hands with your knife like you always wanted to. <laughs> That's, that is what they're doing. Um, I, I I do believe. I'm my, sorry to keep doing this. Go ahead, Kyle. My problem with it is it should not be included in the trailer because you have to understand the power of like that knowing that's coming that right. we can't it, it makes it it made it so hard to enjoy the episode knowing that i we needed to brace ourselves for that i'd rather I not, not know. Funny, i'd missed this in the trailer so i went in naively yeah yeah me too um so i'm I'm sorry that you had to have that curse hanging over you the whole time knowing what was coming it uh, the, the, such is my burden <laughs> the, the, the <laughs> curse of foresight yeah that does mess that up Fortunately, it was not as it was like so late in the challenge that even though she did not finish the brief, she did. She was able to get nine out of ten plates out, which is not terrible. Well, I think she got ten plates. There was just one full of blood. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm sorry to keep to talk about this, but just a little bit more, Sarah's um, and Megan. The um, I, I'm trying to remember another time where someone's cut themselves and had to throw away some of their food. It that was familiar enough. They cut themselves all the time, but that was one of the first times I seem to remember them throwing away food because they got stuff in it, which is really interesting. Um, do you guys remember other instances of this? Or am I, I feel making like it's up? happened, but I yeah. can't remember when, and I don't want to. But... <laughs> okay, we'll move on past it. The only yeah. thing I would say that is that, um, well, then not about that, but man, I wanted her Nashville hot tofu. Yeah. Uh, before that, if you could have taken it before she decided it needed a little bit more radish, I would have loved that Why would you put radish on that, dish. too? Like that, yeah, also, it, I don't uh, want radish. It's got pickles already. <sighs> yeah, it it, the, it did look really good. It also looked like a carrot. <laughs> so um, it's like you're you're getting a Nashville hot carrot that turns out to be Kofu. Kofu. Right, it does look like it just looked like a mean carrot. You would not want that. It looks it looks like an angry carrot. Um. But yeah, and, and a soy buttermilk ranch was a clever little addition Ooh. to add more tofu into it. That sounds really good right now, actually. <laughs> I love it. Um, although the other, yeah, the fried tofu round for sure would have been the most delicious one to slide into. This food looks distractingly good. Mm-hmm. Um, I miss it. Um, and then the soft tofu desserts. So our last thing, I guess, on this is, um, 
Do you guys have a lot of soft tofu in your lives? Does anyone have any positive feelings about soft tofu? Um, no. Yeah, I, I didn't like think so. Good. It would be good in a. I feel like I've read. If I haven't had about had a dessert with soft tofu in it, I feel like I've read cookbooks that have that or something. Um, but yeah, it's like I an addition to smoothness. Yeah. Instance, oh. or maybe people put it in smoothies or something. I don't know. There's there's a Korean soup, a soft tofu soup that oh. I've had, and that's delicious. Yeah, in the in the stone, right? The yeah, hot stone. I just remembered. In the hot stone, like a bibimbap. Yeah, it's a hot stone, but and it's a soup. there's soft tofu like all on the bottom. And yeah. the Korean restaurants do seem like they would like to burn me. Well, there's I a mean, they give you a lot of things that are not edible that are very hot. I think they just trust you. And maybe they shouldn't. Oh, yeah. For sure that's wrong. They did not get my rider. <laughs> not trustworthy. Um, I, Megan, that's you mentioned your rider. It's like, whatever you do, don't trust me. If you yeah. trust me, I will be so <laughs> mad. No <laughs> snacks after midnight. Do not get him wet. <laughs> yeah, I guess this is not, it's not so much a rider as I have like a laundry tag for my whole body. <laughs> this is my care and feeding information. No one pays attention. You've shrunk. Megan, you said you felt really bad for Byron. Um I did you feel like it was going to be Dawn? Would you have felt better if it was Dawn? Oh no. Um I just felt by the end of Last Chance Kitchen, I felt really bad for him. Oh yeah, he did he have just, a day. Because it wow. sounded like it really was the next day. And I don't know, maybe that's not true, but when they asked him, he's like, Oh yeah, I did all that yesterday. So to go through yeah. those three and then to go through what well, four more, I mean he was just he talked about how exhausted he was, but I was because just like, they're wow, right back so into the much show. cooking and to not move on. Uh, right. Mental energy to yeah. spend yeah. doing that, like j- yeah. to come up with six losing dishes in the same day or no, not just six. Cause he had to do, he had his first tournament, then three here. Then he had to come up with four things for the bento box and then three more dishes. Immediately oh, I guess after making bento box. I thought of that as more of a uh, – Tom said four dishes, but it was like you don't count the side – like pickles on the side of your other – like it wasn't Nashville hot chicken as one dish and her pickles were a second dish. This that, is just putting them in a different container. The bento box seemed very difficult to do in 30 minutes. You're coming – you're conceiving oh, no doubt. four different things and making it happen. Like it, just the, the, the amount of ingenuity and like figuring something – like imagine – I can't even like compare – like the amount that requires. It's like planning 15 parties in one day mm-hmm. from scratch. Yeah, it's, it definitely seems hard. I guess I didn't count because they weren't separate losses. But yeah, so if we add if we add the bento box in, he had to come up with at least 10 dishes that day, which is a lot yeah. or a day and a half. I have a conspiracy theory yes. about yes. Last Chance Kitchen. I think that the producers only wanted these last five chefs and did not want anyone from LCK and that they set Sarah up to fail because I think they thought she would have a better chance at beating the three chefs to fight her way back in than Byron because number one, he'd be so tired by that time. Ooh, anti-Sarah conspiracy. Well, no, just anti-LCK conspiracy. And so they wanted Byron to be the one. On the other hand, it was good that Sarah wasn't in this episode because of the blood because Sarah's hate blood. The, yes, she would have yeah been knocked out just by that alone. <laughs> but did anyone else did anyone else notice that she showed up to LCK looking like she had just cooked all day as well? 
She, mm-hmm. I admit she did look a little bit haggard. It's possible that she did just cook the other exactly. Last Chance Kitchens that morning. So she showed up already tired as mm. well to face off against Byron, who of course was already tired. But I, I kind of felt like they did that on purpose. Hmm. So that Byron would win that and knock her out. But so then what's, by that the, point, what's the advantage of not having a sixth chef? Is they just don't want to have that know. many episodes? I don't know if I have a reason behind mm. the, the madness. It I just, like the – no, the more complicated conspiracy for no yeah, reason, the better. Yes, exactly. No, it just felt like it was really set up yeah. for them to both fail by the well, end. Well, it, it could be that they wanted to not have another week or another three days added on to the COVID season. Sure. And maybe it's like a, it's like a bigger picture thing to say like, hey – Lashin's Kitchen isn't a guarantee that you even get to come back. So you have to have like this other for like the history of Last Chance Kitchen. This is the season where no one actually made it out of Last Chance Kitchen Wait, into the competition. We did though, right, Jamie? Yeah, so we already did. <laughs> right, we don't have two people coming out of LCK this year. Well, it's it's like to establish new stakes for mm. Last Chance Kitchen that it's not a guarantee. Right. Like well, the, so, it, so it I, makes I like harder. I like yeah. that too, especially because last year when they did this, where you had to beat. Three, two other three people to get back in, and the chef did. Brooke, was it Brooke? Kevin? No, Kevin. 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 And Kevin did beat two out of three, and it felt like it didn't matter what happened. Tom wanted him back in. That was like our conspiracy theory last time. Right. Mm-hmm. So I like the idea that this is showing, like, no, 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 we weren't lying last time. Sometimes we don't let him back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I really do like this last chance kitchen format, though. Even though it seemed like it would be really hard, and it felt really bad. It seems so hard. Uh, for, um, also, Byron, it's a little long. If I'm being honest, I fell asleep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Ezra didn't see the whole I, part. But I just, it was just like it's like, oh, Byron can get in if he wins. And then I woke up. It's like, oh, he didn't win. And then I missed nothing. It was fine. <laughs> yeah, I had to finish it the next day because the was second like, oh, episode of Last Chance Kitchen. Yes, yeah, so the show's minutes, 45 minutes, then there's was, 15 minutes of Last Chance Kitchen, and then there's another 35 minutes of second Last Chance Kitchen. It's a lot. But, I mean, that's fine. I like I like. Yeah, I mean, I like more talk stuff. I was mind, just tired that day. I was as tired as Byron. <laughs> I really like the format of someone. There is like an early on, there's a way to get back in that's a little bit easier. Um, um, we, although, oh, go ahead. No, please finish. And then, you know, to get back into the show um when it's closer to the finale it's it's more difficult and then that way you really do prove yourself um i i don't know yeah. i just I think it's cool i like it yeah i mean it did i mean it felt sad for byron to get hit with yes. more losses and have more head-to-head competitions yeah um and it was a little bit long but uh yeah i like that i like that it last chance kitchen is not a, an easy way in i was a little bit worried because in the when they said on the show at the end of the show they're like right now on last chance kitchen one of the clips included sasha in a jacket did you yes. guys see this oh my yeah. gosh we were like how could they do yeah this? there's yeah. no yeah. way I, I wrote sasha what the heck there's no way there's no way and they're Abishar, gonna bring her back again yeah. 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 yeah so it must have been previous last chance kitchen clips but they made yeah. it seem like sasha was gonna get her ninth chance I at was last really chance about that and i love her i'm rooting i was rooting for her um Especially after Sarah, too. Man, so sad about her and Sarah both being out of it. But I would also be kind of annoyed if it was Sasha's fifth chance, last chance kitchen. Let me power through this since we didn't actually do any summary. For those of you who have not been watching, let's jump into last chance kitchen part one. Tom is running low on themes, so he asks Byron and Sarah to make bento boxes. Meat or fish, rice or noodle, vegetable and pickle in different containers in a box. Sarah's box is good, but she dies the way she lived, making weird food. 
She feels uh, bad for him, and so she gives Byron his very first and only win for the day. <laughs> Followed by part two. La- Just like last season, all the chefs uh, still in the competition get a chance to block Byron from coming back. First, they pick a box of ten ingredients, and then Byron chooses his favorite of the three to use in a head-to-head battle. If he wins two of the three, he gets back on the show. He will not win two of the three. First, he cooks against Gabe's radicchio and bacon box, and Gabe delivers Byron his fifth loss of the uh, fifth of six losses of the day. Despite being totally gassed at that point, Byron then kicks into high gear and does a classic judo move using Maria's steak and mushroom box against her and pulls his first and only win of the day. Oh, second. Wait, how did I? Second. I guess second win. Yeah, second and only two wins. His second first win of the day. (laughs) Yeah, I wrote that twice. That's crazy. I'm not very smart. And then um, finally, Byron tells Jamie he thinks her box looks easy. And as Michael Jordan would say, I guess she took that kind of personally. She uses rice noodles and pork to dunk all over him and deliver his sixth and final loss of the day. Byron is eliminated, and you can't say they didn't give him a chance. Yeah. So we're sad for him, but boy, he got some chances to not lose. Oh, man. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Also, why is it offensive that her box was easy? Like... I think she took it to say that she was an easy match when what he was saying was that her ingredients seemed like more. Like there was more to do. Coherent. Yeah. I don't think it would. But whatever puts her into beast mode, I'm for it. it I like watching Jamie keep keep him out. She took it as she was going to be easy to beat. Right. right. That's what I thought. That was my reading on it. And also. It doesn't seem personal. But if you want. But that's the thing with the Michael Jordan clip is it doesn't matter. He would just always find something to take personally to cause him to try harder in the next game. The other thing is he saw that as the easiest box, but that was the only box. Maybe it's because he was so exhausted, but like that was the only one that had an ingredient in it where he was like, oh, I don't think I can cook this in thir- in 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah. There was yeah. rice noodles, which like were not possible in the normal way. And so basically, yeah, because his were gummy and Jamie's were perfectly cooked because she knew what she was doing. So she had a huge advantage at that point. Like he, he saw maybe he just didn't see the rice noodles in the box. yeah it's possible i mean they were just a crate of stuff she grabbed at that point i i I hope that was part of the strategy too is like maybe they tried to hide their hardest ingredient by like yeah like putting it under the pork but but that's what i like so strategy wise maria was the only one who lost but she was also the only one who was like i'm grabbing stuff for me to cook with in a second she was a hundred percent knew what was happening i think they all did oh i think yeah i think they all did but she's the only one who got an interview saying it, I guess. Yeah. Um, all right. So that's Last Chance Kitchen. It's over. No one comes back. Last Chance Kitchen is put to rest. So now from zero to five stumps, how well did this episode showcase Portland? Megan, what do you think? I mean, uh, I learned something new about Portland. And so I I thought that was really cool. Um, I yeah. didn't know that um, that we had the longest running tofu factory in the United States. So, um, yeah, that was really that interesting. Was, I thought that was really interesting. Uh, the Japanese garden is very beautiful. So um, amazing. Yeah. Was, the, them uh, sitting there drinking sake under that waterfall. was like, this has got to be the most beautiful stew room they've had. <laughs> it was lovely. Yeah. Um, Chipotle. I mean, I did eat a lot of Chipotle, um, when I lived in Portland I did and I uh, worked near one and went yeah. to school near one. So, <laughs> um, but that was not, not particularly Portland, of course. Um, yeah. but so I'd, I'd have to give, 
you know, at least three stumps, maybe, maybe four. Yeah, I agree with that. Three and three and a half stumps. Anybody have any other stump action they want to discuss? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I associate, uh, you know, vegetarian forward uh, things with, uh, you know, with Portland. I yeah, uh, I remember going to the Japanese Garden and loving it. Um, this this seems not wrong. There are nine chipotles in Portland, by far the most of any city in uh, in Oregon. So <laughs> that's true for a lot of. There things. are only nine. Only nine listed. There might be some of those oh. secret Chipotle's that you have to kind of stumble upon that they don't hmm. list publicly because they're ashamed of them. You know, because things like go a, down. The whole existence of the restaurant is a secret venue item. <laughs> yes. So uh, also, what you're saying is, if you compare how Portland is this episode compared to other cities in, in Oregon, in Oregon, yeah, it's very Portland. It's yeah. very Portland, it's way not more Portland than, than Medford. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's true. It's not a very Medford episode. Um, I I could agree. Anybody else? Zero Great. Portland thoughts. Zero Portland thoughts. All right, let's jump into the mailbag. Um, normally, th- w- this episode, by the way, is coming out maybe a little earlier. It's at least being recorded a little earlier than usual. And so I didn't have as much time. I gathered all of them, but I didn't have a lot of time to pre-read. So we're going to do this. We're just taking we're taking uns- unscreened phone calls now. We're just going to go straight. We're just going to go straight into the uh, uh, mailbag. So first up, from Bridget on Facebook, I'm really beginning to respect Blaze's hair. Like, he couldn't do that with thin hair. He's got thick, gorgeous locks, and he's showing it off. Also, Dawn's talking head really shows hers off, too. Just gorgeous. Top hair podcast? Anybody? Anyone want to participate in a top hair oh, discussion? Wow. It doesn't It doesn't bother me anymore. I guess oh, good. I, I, I just see it as him, and that's fine. Yeah. You all, we also had some statement hats and a lot of jackets. Um, Bridget continues, so many strong jackets at judges' table. It was like the 80s are back, and I am here for it. Um. Yeah, a lot of good jackets this season overall, and I will say Portland is a good jacket town. It's got jackety weather more often than like L.A., for example. I I don't I didn't like I have understood that they all are good. If I like if I understood what jackets could do, I guess like you know from a fashion sense, like I'd probably be able to like have the memory from. I would like a, like a infographic of all the jackets. Oh, or all the hats. It sounds like a great thing that somebody could make. Uh, yeah, I don't think they will. No, I'm not going to. Good. Um, My main thing is that in Portland, I never wanted to wear a jacket that wasn't a rain jacket. Yeah, ideally, you so want I most had of your some jackets rain, to I had be some jackets that weren't rain jackets, and then I would just never wear them because I was afraid it would rain. Well, yeah. you know what? Now you guys live in Los Angeles, and you will adjust, and then you will start wearing jackets, and you can wear oh. really fun ones here. It only feels like you never need a jacket your first year here, and then you will become oh. soft and tender like the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Your hard outer shell sloughs away. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's nice. Okay. Well, that's a, not a positive spin. Um, last thing for Bridget, uh, this is a great point. The framing of this episode of this main challenge is so weird the best will be determined by a bracket, but the brackets just promote the losers of each round, which is sort of a weird inverse. I agree with that. It's such an inverse tournament where it's like normally the later rounds of the tournament get better and better. And this is just like sadder and more tired trying to stave off elimination tournament. It's kind of more like a saw based <laughs> tournament. <laughs> yeah. It's more saw than it is uh, sports. Yeah. I, in, it It's just, a, I think it, is definitely not sports like, but it's the idea of if you want to find the best. I don't know what point I'm trying to make. I'm sorry. I worked out today and like I feel like I'm sick. <laughs> <laughs> 
Wow, that that point I, fell I, apart I, so hard, oh, guys. Completely. I thought I was like, oh, there's something. You to gave say up to this. so strongly in the middle of that. We're like, I worked out today. <laughs> there, there's well, something I'm, I was trying to say is like maybe in some sports, like this would keep happening because it's all right. This is the point I was trying to make. In like sports, you want to make sure that everyone is being seated completely. Uh, and so like, this is the stuff that's going on that no one actually cares about in like a soccer tournament. You got to have all the losing teams play because you got to find out who's you want to know who's not the worst, but like the third worst, because this that is, gives them like a, a solid point. And what it reminds me of is basically that the whole of top chef is structured where the winner is less important in each episode than whoever goes home. So you are kind of structuring the whole tournament towards who is losing at any given moment, which is kind of an odd negative way to watch competition yeah but it's standard for competition shows interesting all right uh jane on facebook says very curious to hear your thoughts on injuries during tightly timed elimination is it good reality tv but not good food handling tv i love the sports sportsmanship among the chefs but i'm really curious uh, to know how much time they had to spend on inspecting all of don's plates to make sure they were okay to consume i would have liked to have seen that part because I was so worried. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sure that was the top concern for you was that they got all the plates that were tainted. Well, I, I bet that it, I would have loved to see behind the scenes too uh, because it would also give you a clip of like how many people are watching the chefs to make sure that they do things according to the rules. Because I, I wonder how many like COVID spotters they might have had on hand for challenges or especially for like the hospital challenge, like who isn't there to actually mm. interact with the chefs, but is just there to make sure what they're doing works and follows the rules and is Interesting. following like additional rules for the season. Like I, I, I it would have been amazing if to like pan over and there were like three like PAs, like looking at all of Don's dishes and like not just her doing it, but the actual like production staff, since they're responsible for the safety of the people who are going to have to eat those dishes. Yeah. I completely agree. I, I mean, if there was a blood spotter on Top Chef all the time, I would be fine with that position. I don't know if I want to watch their job, but I would like to know they're there. Because mm-hmm. that, because gross. Well, I bet they'd have to have that from like earlier seasons too, to make sure that like they aren't doing things that are filthy. Like you, right. with like the heat of the competition, there's got to be some level of sanity, like. Hygiene yeah, just making sure no one set too. the chicken above something else or something like normal yeah. restaurant stuff that you would have some uh, periodically you'd have the executive chef presumably going around double checking that everything's put away properly or something. Or that like they're washing their hands regularly since everyone plates with their full on bare hands all the time. Yeah. Well, I would that that probably in different other seasons, maybe not. But the covid officer probably is paying attention to that this year. Um, and you probably need more than one. Yeah, I'm sure that I'm sure they did. I know I know people who have paused their other jobs in the entertainment industry to go work as covert compliance officers because it pays way better. So yeah, there's probably a bunch of them floating around. Is it fun? Do they like it? Um, I have not heard anyone suggest in any way that it is fun. I mean, you're basically like you're like a health nanny. You're like you're not doing any. No one is ever happy to see you there. You're like you're you're calling people out for being lazy. Like it's not a no. It's not super pleasant. I kind of like that. Well, I, I mean, mean, I would have been a hall monitor if they'd had hall monitors in high school. <laughs> Man, that was the most Hermione thing you've ever said. <laughs> I don't know if that sounds fun for you. Uh, I would make it fun. <laughs> um, Jane also wants to know, if you had to choose a box of ingredients to cook, po- to potentially cook against the eliminated chef, what would you use? So, like, 
in a psychological advantage where you're buying, you're getting a box of ingredients that you would have more fun cooking than other people. Sort of like Shoda's tiny octopus. Tempeh. Oh, people would hate you if you gave them tempeh. That's I love but tempeh. I know you'd nail it. That's such a great one. Oh, I was going to say, uh, looping back around, uh, one of the ways you can use okara, like the byproduct, mm-hmm. is is you can make use it to uh, help make tempeh. Oh, yeah. cool! Mm-hmm. I, I didn't understand it uh, when they were saying the Wikipedia, but yeah, it's it's possible. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I li- it's funny. I don't like tempeh, except Megan makes very very good tempeh. Like you do it well in a way that makes it work. Um, that's Thank that's you. a good one. And does anyone I else have found a... a good recipe online? <laughs> do what they tell me. Does to anyone do. else have a good psychological advantage? I'm going to take all one letter. I think. And how does that give you an advantage? Because <laughs> I think chaos. They'll understand it partway through. Where it's like, wait, wait, wait. Do you just pick only the <laughs> only letter P? And I was so confused. Okay, P is too easy. Is there? Could you do ten ingredients to start with L? Sure. Uh, lemons, mm-hmm. limes. Mm-hmm. Um, She's gonna make Sprite. Yes, <laughs> the Sprite. <laughs> um, you could have lobsters. lard. Lobster lard. lard. We're at four. Lamb. Yeah. Um, lumps. Lettuce. <laughs> I'll just say lettuce because that was a good answer. Lincoln logs <laughs> yeah. for getting in a Spirit a full, Airlines. A full Lincoln log uh, of yeah, of a seven forty-seven. Lunch. Just lunch? someone's like lunchbox. <laughs> Lunchable. Have Limburger cheese. Oh, yeah. lunch, lunch. Okay, so we're definitely going to bring a Lunchables and a Limburger cheese. Leftovers. Leftovers, solid. One and, more. Uh, the box set of The Leftovers as well. <laughs> the HBO series. There's <laughs> <laughs> something to watch. <laughs> All right, well, that's our psychological advantage is just... <laughs> weirdness that's um, a really that's a really suspenseful show so if they were watching that <laughs> while they were cooking it would really be distracting that's a very good point um all right uh, a couple more quick letters uh, oh i didn't play the song all right you get it um all right so carolyn with a k uh on facebook uh, who gave so much helpful information here so i respond to caroline or carol um, when spelling it out, I mentioned that it's Carolyn with a K. Apparently, this trips people up all the time. Fun fact, my naming origin is on the Carolina Rice. So there's that. Um, I appreciate that. I would prefer everyone give me a naming origin when they write in from now on. I don't, I'll, I'll pronounce it wrong, but tell me who you're named after. If you want more uh, uh, on Carolina Rice, um, like uh, the Carolina Gold, uh, the documentary High on the Hog uh, on Netflix. Super good. Is it about Carolina Rice? I mean, there's an episode. There's that, a part. Cool. I mean, they mention it. Right. Yeah, it's part. It's not the only thing. Wait, it's about. I just figured this out. If her name is named after Carolina Rice, she's probably Caroline and not Carolyn, right? That's what you said. Oh, good. Nailed it. All right. Um, so Caroline with a K says, Dawn has not cooked a bad meal, though I was feeling nervous for her seeing all of her past info on the show. Her ability to compose a dish on the fly is incredible, but it might be detrimental to the finale. Or I would like to add personally to Sarah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Don, come on, I love you, but we gotta be careful with that. <laughs> yeah, the, her. I mean, the fact that she won on the desserts when it was like, wow, Byron seems like he's trying, and Don seems like she isn't. It was a very interesting. I was surprised that it ended up being better. Maybe yeah, sometimes you shouldn't well, I try. Don't know, I yeah. don't know what was better, and like one, like my my. Uh, my conspiracy theory was neither one of those desserts actually tasted that good. Yeah. They both seemed like one of those desserts that are like, oh, this is not too sweet, but definitely is a dessert. There was one. <laughs> yeah. There was one additional like two second clip we got in Last Chance Kitchen of Ed saying, 
after he had said it was so good, apparently he said, but it's not as sweet as a dessert like that should be. Like, we got very little of what was wrong with it. And I, yeah, so we were left in kind of a weird place with that's, that. That's true. I think the the most I took away from that comparison was one had good textures and one had great textures. <laughs> yeah, so that was just a textural element that didn't taste very good. That's very possible. Um I was confused about the, I said the ADR thing about Tom explaining in that one, but it wasn't, it was in the Sarah Byron one. And it's in the, in the last chance kitchen. I don't know if you guys noticed this, but um, when Tom was describing Byron's dish and in the, like both of them were good, but when he was describing Byron's dish, it was almost all ADR. It was all done post-recording and they were all compliments. And so it seemed pretty obvious that it wasn't Sarah because they wouldn't go back in and add him saying compliments to the losing dish. That wouldn't, you don't need that for story reasons. You'd only have to make him re-record all of that if he didn't say enough nice things after picking him as the winner. So that kind of took some of the suspense away from me. Um, uh, Caroline with a K continues. Last Chance Kitchen, it didn't seem like Byron lost all, or didn't it seem like Byron lost all three of those challenges? That's a harsh conspiracy take that they just gave it. Tom gave him one so he wouldn't feel so bad. That it was actually a seven loss day for him, um, but uh, or they just wanted to make it more dramatic. Well, right, right. It's always one to one. It's always yeah. tied going into the third round. Otherwise, they wouldn't have to do it. They yeah. learned yeah, that the hard way with the Seattle finale. They they will put their right. thumb on the yeah. scales as much as possible to get all thirty five minutes of our time in the last chance kitchen episode. It it can't be a twenty five episode finale or twenty five minute episode finale. Completely agree. Completely agree. Um, uh, but Caroline thought at least Maria, Maria's looked much better. Um, yeah, that's mm-hmm. it's totally fair. That's so possible. That's a conspiracy theory. I don't doesn't take any effort for me to agree with. Yeah, you you got me there for sure. Um, at Leprechaun on Twitter says, "Ugh, why didn't they have either nine or eleven judges at judges table? Do you think <laughs> the elves wanted the ties they kept getting? That's a great question. Like maybe they wanted that discussion room." I liked it. Okay, I'm going to go. I thought it was pretty charming to keep having the ties. I thought maybe it was also just for the visual of like how beautiful and symmetrical having like 10 people at that table was in that beautiful symmetrical garden. That could be. Oh, that that's interesting. The garden, Japanese garden is very much about symmetry. They could have also just had Tom in the middle and four people on each side. That's true. You could do 11 and make it or nine and make it look symmetrical too, as long as Tom's face is perfectly symmetrical. So you have to have Padman do it. Yeah. Um, Somebody mentioned I, I, one of the comments I didn't quite that I didn't have read in, in in one of the long messages before. Somebody had said that like the fact that Byron's loss was like nine to one it was even more oof given that the first two were ties, which yeah. I completely agree that that did seem like it hurt a little bit. For sure. Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, and then lastly, from Marianne uh, by email. Um, Oh, yeah. Uh, so Marianne's email was, su- the subject was tofu fighting, which is super solid. I a good one. Like everyone yeah, was tofu legit. fighting, which I thought of that. Um, really, really good. good. You get the best name award. Um, thought this week's episode was super fun. Great idea to pair one of the world's blandest foods with a fashion explosion, which is true. Yeah, the jackets were in inverse proportion to how flavorful the tofu was. Um, even better was when the judges met up to settle the debates about which, which dish won. It was like watching the foodie version of the Jets and the Sharks from West Side Story square off. Yes. Snaps. Yeah, for sure. That So that's uh, to your um, new Sarah. That's that's an agreement with your point from before that it's 
it was very satisfying to have them show off and like or like have to defend their positions in a line. Wouldn't it have been better for everyone in you know in that uh, in West Side Story if they had just been talking about tofu, like you know way less stabbing. Or I guess the same amount of stabbing, but way less deaths. Yeah, I mean, plot-wise, I think you're mm. going to have to keep the stabbing in there if you want it to flow the same way. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if we didn't just get it, everyone was tofu fighting as the show title, it would be, you got to keep the stabbing in there for the flow. <laughs> so, close second, Sarah. <laughs> Thank um, you. <laughs> uh, Marianne also says, nice to see Ed Lee, but boy, his entrance on the scene was the opposite of making a splash. My lasting impression was of him holding up the sole red paddle to support Byron's first of three losing tofu dishes. <laughs> what is the opposite of a splash, I guess? Is it like when you actually... It's a perfect dive, right? Yeah, that's true. A perfect 10 dive. Oh, that's such a good... I didn't make a splash. I made a perfect dive. Mm. Well, dives are not always good. Anyway, you're on to something here, though. Yeah, it's when you enter the water flawlessly. I'll workshop it. Yeah, <laughs> good work. I won't workshop it. I lied. I'm sorry. <laughs> And you gave up on that workshopping plan faster than <laughs> Kyle gave up after working out. Um, on his take, not on his working out. You worked out great. Um, all right. You're and taking that, me on faith there. <laughs> that's true. Um, that brings us to the mailbag. Thank you to everybody who writes in. We really appreciate it. Facebook, Twitter, technically probably Instagram, and uh, email podcast at read-sweep.com. I was really assuming we were going to get a lot of emails this week saying – that although they enjoyed last week's episode, they really wanted me to talk more about my experience on Portlandia that I got cut off, cut short on because you guys didn't want to hear about it. Not a single email said that. So I guess you guys were right. Good they instincts. Prob- they probably just all went and watched the show. Yeah. That must have been it. They went and watched all the episodes real fast. If you're going to watch one, watch the um, the Jocks versus Nerds one. That was pretty fun. I got to play piano in that episode. Do you play piano? No, that was why it was funny. Oh, that's good. <laughs> we were doing a rumble. You don't, you don't want to hear about it. Never mind. Um... We were in an alley doing a rumble. It was pretty good. Um, oh, also, fun thing about that, really quick, was that the, the jocks were was the there were nerds and jocks as like um, in addition to the main ones, there were a bunch of extras and hot extras come from a different company than regular extras. There's like one company that does all the extras in Portland called Extras Only, except if you want exclusively hot extras, and then there's a different one. Is that XX Extras Only? I don't know if that is it, but that would be too hot for TV. I like that. X extras only. Triple extras. <laughs> anyway, yeah, there's just a hot extras company. So there are all these hot extras who came and they were playing volleyball, beach volleyball. But because it's <laughs> Portland, it was and it's filming. It was a public park at seven in the morning that kind of looked a little bit beachy. And so the hot models were so cold. They had to like take off their shirts, play volleyball, and then as soon as they call cut, rush over and get covered in thick jackets. Oh, <laughs> poor hot model. I know. It was such cute. It was adorable hot models. I felt bad. Um, nerds, we were already wearing coats. They were not worried about us. <laughs> Please pile on more. <laughs> anyway, that's it. That's the only taste you get. I could talk more about it. I did a lot of them. I did a bunch of episodes, but no one cares. Wasn't it like three? It was four. <laughs> Jerk. Wasn't it like four? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Four episodes of a TV show is a big deal, Kyle. <laughs> you How many episodes I was of were you cheating on? on my wife with her mother? <laughs> <laughs> I, I I owed you one. <laughs> I, I don't think that's what I said. I think you might have been projecting onto what I said. After a Sarah lot of said. letters. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, like, did you die? <laughs> I definitely meant that you were hanging out with her uh, in a normal way. Anyway, whatever. No one sent me any of these emails, so we don't have to keep talking about any of this. But please send us more emails about blood if you thought we skipped over it. Um, And we will be back again next week talking about the last episode. Hey, if you're listening to this episode, Chris, please pack your mics and stay at home. And then unpack them because next week, Chris is going to be filling in for me. 
I'm going to be gone next week. Was do you like beat you in like a Highlander kind of thing where you get to be your happy powers? There could be only one. Well, we had to stand off uh, in a classic podcast. We kept the stabbing um, for <laughs> this flow. You know, classic duel. Um, yeah, Chris is going to be hosting, uh, holding down hosting duties next week while I am on the road doing something else really cool that no one's going to ask about. Um, and <laughs> I'm doing fine. I don't Hanging need your validation. <laughs> Oh man, this is an unfortunate that this is going to be the expectation whenever someone has gone from the show. Tanya would have been here this week, but she was hanging out with Sarah's mom again. Boy, they get along really well. Anyway, look forward to that next week. Please continue to send in your feedback, and we do appreciate all of them, even when they have kind of a threatening tone. Um, <laughs> all right, that's it. Uh, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for letting me hang on your house. Thanks yeah, you guys are really nice. Lovely house. Your kids are fun, very energetic. <laughs> just to, just so you can see like the amount of work going on, Sarah successfully painted her daughter's fingernails during that episode. They had like eight snacks. I adjusted the volume on Space Jam like 20 different times. <laughs> and I have orange juice all over my covered hands. in tiny orange juice. Lightly glazed. <laughs> wow. Um, I, it's very exciting on the side of, of California. Thanks for hanging out. Southern California people, thank you, new Sarah and Kyle. Hey, thank you. And you know what? I think it's really cool that you were on four episodes of Portlandia. I've been on zero. <laughs> Thanks, dude. It was a big deal at the time. I agree. Um, I didn't mean to imply that your achievements are minor. I think you do so many great things week in and week out, Alex. I don't think absolutely. Chris is going to handle Guys, it next week. Stop. Round of applause. He deserves it. Yeah, boy, you know how to take it and make it worse. Um, <laughs> Well, I hope you guys had a nice time with both of Sarah's parents in a platonic situation. Thank you. And we are alive. <laughs> and then we're glad you're alive. Um, and uh, Megan, thanks for holding down the apartment when I'm gone. Absolutely. Yeah, it's been a lot of work, but uh, it's still here. <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, and hopefully you've uh, eaten lots of tempeh while I was away. I am having it for dinner tonight. So, <laughs> Are you really? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Just to get a psychological advantage over herself. She's making it. All right. Well, we'll talk to everybody next week. Unpack your mics. Goodbye.